everybody. Welcome to the first edition of the fall season of 60 Minute Overtime. I want to thank you for your support throughout. Uh, it's just been about a year now. So thank you for everybody that's been checking me out on uh, WRPR Radio. For everybody that's been on uh, Periscope, which I have the feed open right now. Um, for those of you guys who are uh, checking me out on Facebook, at Coach McCartan. Uh, also, I have... You guys on Twitter, at Coach McCartan. I have a David Wright Mets t-shirt on today with a Mets hat on, because guess what? The Mets are in the playoffs. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. It's uh, NFL Sunday football, so I hope to get you guys out of here right in time for the games. I just want to thank you guys who have been checking me out on all of my different platforms, whether it be on Twitter, on Facebook, on SoundCloud, Periscope, WRPR Radio, iTunes. Uh, well, I've been making a lot of progress in less than a year. I think um, my first episode of, of 60 Minute Overtime was for the Super Bowl. So we're talking like, I guess it was January at the time. So I just want to thank all of you guys who've been sticking with me throughout. And welcome to the fall. Welcome to the fall edition, the fall season of 60 Minute Overtime. So I'd like to officially announce my new website, my new adventure. Uh, I have a website called www.prosportsrundown.com. Dot com, and you guys can go and check that out. I've got interviews. I've got my writing on there. It, it's a whole. It's a, it's my hub. It's my little hub. Uh, recent tweets. You'll see everything I have there. So it's uh, it's www.prosportsrundown.com, and you can go on there and you can see everything that I've been up to as of recently. I'm still working with Bronx Pinstripes. I'm still working with the Jet Press. I'm still working with back sports page i'm all over the place we're going to make this happen here everybody we are going to make this happen so uh, i'd like to announce officially prosportsrundown.com is open for business so if anybody would like to advertise on that uh, space please let me know we could set you guys up with banner ads and things like that on the site uh, second most important event i have coming up uh, i've already put it on my calendar i've already um really marked this since since a long time ago but now it's official i want to talk about uh, joe qualiano he's the owner president of mint pros it's a vip baseball event um and he he's, he does incredible things with with inc with big name athletes so i want to let you know that i've been working with him in uh, conjunction with the italian american baseball family iabf and fibs which is the federazione italiana baseball softball so we've been working on a couple things together. I'm going to meet with these guys um, in in Washington, D.C. in two weeks. But Joe Qualiano has an event for you guys, okay? Mets fans, baseball fans, listen up. Italian-Americans, listen up. December 8th in Brooklyn, you want to go, okay? Mike Piazza is hosting a dinner. Hall of Famer Mike Piazza is hosting a dinner at uh, Carmine's Sports Bar and Restaurant which is in Brooklyn, New York, December 8th. Uh, 6.30 p.m. is the cocktail hour, and the dinner goes until 9. Okay, you're going to get cocktail hour and dinner ticket, or if you just want a cocktail hour ticket, you can do that separately too. So you don't have to go to both. However, this is a, a star-studded event, okay? Confirmed guests, Hall of Fame inductee, 2016 Hall of Fame inductee Mike Piazza, and then a couple guys that are going to be playing for or have played for Team Italy in the World Baseball Classic. We're talking Mike Napoli, Red Sox fans. Mike Napoli will be there. Jason Greeley. He is uh, currently on the Blue Jays. Jason Greeley. Frank Catalanotto is how you say that in Italian, but people call him Frank Catalanotto. Frank Catalanotto. He will be there. He is uh, this year's Team Italy coach, Squadra Italia. And uh, he's been uh, on a lot of different teams in the MLB. I remember him most notably as a, a Texas Ranger. Then we have former Yankee, current Pittsburgh Pirates, Francisco Cervelli, which in Italian is Cervelli. Um, and then finally, Ray Boom Boom Mancini, which I believe is a boxer, a famous Italian-American boxer. Um, there are many, many invited other invited guests who have not yet given their um, invitation, their, their confirmation, but I'll just go, go through some of the list. Um, MLB Commissioner Bob Manfred, Mets manager, former manager Bobby Valentine, Joe Pepitone, Lima Zilli, Craig Biggio, Tony La Russa, Ralph Branca, 
Mark De Rosa, John Franco, Joe Torre, Rick Cerone, Nick Punto, Tommy Lasorda, Joe Girardi, John Smoltz, and Joe Madden. The evening host is going to be Mets radio announcer Rain- Wayne Randazzo. And guest speaker is President Fracari, Italian American uh, Italian Baseball Softball Federation president. Also in attendance will be the Barra family. They're presenting a Team Italy number eight jersey to the Barra family. Uh, hopefully, uh, all of them will be there. And uh, and that's that. So, if that sounds like something you want to do, all proceeds are going to benefit. Uh, all pro- proceeds from the silent auction are going to benefit. Um, uh, baseball programs in Pisa, Italy. So not only are you going to have a great time, but you also are going to be donating to a very worthwhile cause. So listen up. Joe Q texted me this morning. He said, make sure they know this. If you go on his website, mintpros.com, M-I-N-T-P-R-O-S.com, and enter the coupon code Piazza, as in Mike Piazza, P-I-A-Z-Z-A, you're going to get $100 off your ticket. There it is. I just saved you $100. So go on now, mintpros.com, coupon code Piazza, and you're going to save 100 bucks. And not to mention, you're going to get to hang out with me because I'm also going to be there. And I am pumped, ready to go. I can't wait. Cannot wait for this event. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Joe Q, for having me uh, at this. Okay, so uh, NFL Sunday, we are up. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the, the Colts-Jaguars score. As you know, they are playing in London as we speak. The score is we, we are in the third quarter, 13, 14 minutes left in the third quarter. The Jaguars are leading the Colts 17-6. to um, This is somewhat surprising to me because the Jaguars are 0-3. They haven't won a game yet. And the Colts, behind a multi-million dollar man, Aaron, Andrew Luck, are 1-2. and two. Uh, I was seeing some stat on the TV before I left. I think Andrew Luck is six for six and seven in AFC South opponent against AFC South opponents. So uh, the Jaguars are pulling up a little bit of a, a shocker over there across the pond in London. Uh, I am in a survivor pool. I did not want to touch this game uh, for the simple fact that it is being played in London. It's you know six hour time difference, and I wasn't ready to to bet. On who was going to win this game because I wasn't sure and I would have picked the Colts and good thing I didn't so I'm in a survivor pool I'm not telling you who I picked this week because I'm very superstitious uh, but I want to tell you that there are started with uh, 25,000 people in it I believe there are about 8,700 people left and I'm one of them I have a specific strategy that I will outline for you guys at the end of the season again I am very 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 superstitious about this Okay, so I just want to let you guys also know that uh, in New Jersey, it's about, let me check, 59 degrees and cloudy rainy, which is typical London weather. I want to let you know that it is sunnier in London than it is here in New Jersey today, and probably a little bit warmer is my guess. Also, uh, I want to update you guys, if you haven't seen on any of my outlets, uh, the many outlets that I have, um, last week I had gone and interviewed Joe Skiba, who is the equipment director for the New York Giants and we talked about the color rush uniforms that's how it all started um, if you go on my site I ranked the color rush uniforms prosportsrundown.com I ranked all the color rush uniforms by division my favorite one really not because they're local but my favorite one was the New York Giants uniform so I went on Twitter Twitter's a wonderful thing connected with Joe Skiba and I had gotten a tour of the Giants practice facility uh, including you know, seeing the color rush uniform, seeing the not so color rush uniform that the eleventh hour nixed. Um, there's a story behind that. I'll have that for you guys. I saw all that. I went cut through. We walked through the locker room. A couple observations that Eli Manning has a very very neat locker. Everything's neat and tidy with Eli Manning. Odell Beckham's locker looks like a mess, and they are only about two spaces away, two people away. So that that's good to know. Uh, also, Joe promises that Odell Beckham Jr. has these cleats. He wouldn't tell me what they were, but for the Giants are playing on Monday Night Football uh, tomorrow night. He is swearing up and down that Odell Beckham's going to have these sick f- cleats. I don't know what they're going to be, but as you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is um, 
likes to push the envelope with his with his cleats. Uh, it w- that was the spark between the whole Josh Norman, Odell Beckham, war, all out war that happened last year when the Giants played the Panthers. Um, but uh, if you didn't know, the backstory behind that is uh, Josh Norman calls himself, I believe, Batman, and Odell Beckham had Joker cleats on, and that's what started it all. I don't know, but I, I'm looking forward to Joe. He was very um, animated, and he was very uh, proud. I mean, this is his job. This is kind of cool. So he was proud to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. and the unveiling of the cleats. I think they were the, the warm-up cleats, if I'm not mistaken, for tomorrow night's game in Minnesota. So please, guys, keep an eye open for that. Um, <laughs> I have to get to editing that. Uh, you know, I, As you know, I, I do work a full-time job, so it's been very busy as of lately at my full-time job. But I guess it was uh, two weeks ago now, September 18th it was, or that weekend, I had gone and I interviewed Giants Hall of Famer uh, Lawrence Taylor uh, for BackSportsPage.com. That's uh, my buddy Randy Zellia's website. So, Randy, hi. And uh, I'm going to play for the people our interview with Lawrence Taylor. And let me tell you, Lawrence Taylor was, um, they promised us, a couple minutes, I think they said three minutes, and then ended up being eight minutes and forty-five seconds long. I mean, the guy is awesome. I think once he saw how you know well researched and put together I was, that he was able, he, you know, he wanted to give more. This is probably one of it's between him and Doc Gooden. Those are probably the two most candid interviews that I've ever done. So, um, Lawrence Taylor, for those of you guys checking me out on Periscope, I know you're not going to be able to hear this. Um, if you go on to uh, just go to Google and type in WRPR. You guys can hop on and listen to uh, my LT interview live. If not, if you don't want to do that right this second, go on to YouTube and search in the search box, Coach Space M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. And without any further ado, everybody, this is Daniel McCartan interviewing Giants Hall of Fame linebacker Lawrence Taylor. Okay, I'm Daniel McCartan here at All-Star Collectibles in Pompton Lakes, New Jersey with a two-time Super Bowl champ, ten-time Pro Bowler, New York Giants Ring of Honor, Hall of Fame linebacker, New York Giant. I mean, this guy is a legend. So, uh, Lawrence Taylor was inducted into the Pro Hall of Fame in 1999. Did you ever have a doubt, based on your stats, did you know you were always going to be a Hall, Hall of Famer? Well, um, you know, I, I kind of geared that way. I didn't gear that way when, uh, when my career started, but as my career went on and the game became something I could I could deal with and I could understand and I could uh, know what's happening out there yeah I feel I was going to be a Hall of Famer yes so there's a lot of your teammates that are up in for the nomination in the t- 2017 class and I have the list here uh, Sims Otis Anderson Mark Bavaro Carl yeah. Banks and Sean Landetta yes out of those guys in your opinion who is the shoe in if any I if would, any I would I would say the shoe in probably would be uh Guys, like um, I, I would say, Sean Landetta should be a shoe, and he's 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 a tremendous uh, punter, uh, and um, I, I think Phil Sims should have a good shot to be in, and 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 Carl Banks, of course, Carl Banks is is, is played a game just as good as anybody has ever played it, and I would thank Carl Banks and and Sean Landetta and um, and um, Phil Sims have the best chances. Of going in. Cool. Yeah. So, um, could you liken? Because you were you were one of a kind at the linebacker position. Could you liken anybody that plays now to your prowess on the field, or does no one compare? Uh, no, no. <laughs> it's a different game now. You know, um, uh, the things we did. You know, of course we got paid, but we did for the for the fun of it because uh, we're ball players and 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 and. You know, it wasn't like you could move to another team. You played great, and then you moved to another team. It just wasn't like that. You had to stay where whoever wants you. Yeah. You know, so um, uh, nowadays it's a lot of great players. J.J. Uh, uh, White's an excellent uh, mm-hmm. a ball player. Um, there's a lot of guys that can, can play the game, and they, and they play it hard. Uh, it's just a little different game now. So the Giants definitely wanted you, and Bill Parcells definitely wanted you. What was it like being inside of Bill Parcells' inner circle? <laughs> Bill Parcells is an asshole, okay? <laughs> no, but he's my ass. I love him. I mean, that he's, we, are, we fight all the time. 
um, uh, we, we go through a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, um, there's two coaches in my lifetime that I've had and, and, and I really respect and I think that um, uh, they're the best coaches I've ever had. Um, uh, Jim Trussler from, um, from um, North Carolina and Bill Parcells uh, from the Giants. So I think those are the two best coaches I've ever had in my life. And I think without a guy like Bill Parcells uh, that keeps you grounded, you know, always, you know, keeps you working. Um, I would never been the, the same player. You know, I would never got to the, the start that I've gotten to. So I was at the roast of Bill Parcells with mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. a couple years ago. What's the best story you have of him? <laughs> I mean, I don't even tell stories no more. Uh, I'm just so old. I can't even remember. So I got CTE and all that stuff. So uh, I don't know. But um, uh, Parcells is a, is a lot of great stories. Uh, we've been along, around a long time. Hey, we genuinely love each other. I mean, hey, hey, Bill Parcells, he calls, he'll call me out of the blue and just see how I'm doing. He's always checking on me and stuff like that. And um, I think the time we have uh, spent together, um, I'm telling you, I look at it as like, you know, without him, I'm just another player. Wow, that's great. So. Did he actually ever play football? I don't think. <laughs> Listen, hey, I think he he told us about his um his playing days. I think it's lasted maybe like two two or three practices or something like that. But um, I, I don't know. Uh, Belichick never played, but uh, I think Parcells played a little bit, not much. So I'm just gonna read this here. You have the you retired with the second most sacks in NFL history, uh, 132.5 and a half. Um, that does not include the 9.5 sacks you recorded as a rookie because it didn't become an official yeah. stat. So do you ever feel like a little bit cheated, not not being number one because of that glitch? No, but if I felt like that, then I have to look at guys like um, Deacon Jones. He had probably 200 sacks, mm-hmm. I mean, and none of them were recorded. So um, no, it is what it is. Uh, I played well for when I was there, but there's a lot of guys that played before me that were absolutely awesome. Better than you? No one. Nobody. <laughs> Have you been around the Giants? What advice do you give to some of the younger players that are still there? Well, you know what? It's not about giving advice to the younger players on the Giants. You know, most of them guys don't make so much money. They want to listen to you anyway. But, um, no, I don't. Hey, but, you know, it's the younger guys that are growing up and trying to get to the same spot that I've gotten to, you know, uh, high school and, 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 and college. And, and those are the guys you really have the most fun and think that you can uh, deliver the most impact on those guys, the younger guys, not the guys that are already there, you know, because they got to find their own way. It's the, it's, the, it's the younger guys that are coming up trying to get to those spots. That um, that works out pretty good. So you came up from North Carolina. Did you happen to know Michael Jordan as a college kid? Oh yeah, yeah. I know. What was he like as a college kid? Um, just like he is now, cocky. You know, he can play the game and 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 knew from the beginning that he was going to be a star. Yeah, yeah. most most great players know that from the beginning. So your draft story, drafted second overall in the draft. Yeah. What is your NFL draft story? I have no NFL draft story, you know. Nothing, nothing special. There was nothing special. I um, I sat and watched the draft, and and when um, uh, George Rogers was picked number one, I got up and went to the refrigerator to get me a beer. By the time I came back, number hey, it was on number three, so. I miss I I miss my name anyway, so it didn't make no difference. So and just to kind of wrap up here, you actually were played baseball for a very long time, yes. and then switched to, to yes. football. Yes. What inspired you to make that switch? Um, my coach, uh, my baseball coach, uh, he told me to give up football. I would never be any good in football. My my life is baseball, and I'll be a better baseball player. So I decided to go the other way, and it was just. On a dare. 
worked out. Yeah, it worked out pretty good. <laughs> now, and what do you think about a guy like Tim Tebow switching from football to base? Uh, from yeah, football to baseball. Um. Okay, which one is he playing now? He was signed by the Mets. Okay, I mean, it looks like the same thing to me. I don't know if he's playing baseball or football out yeah. there. All this shit's the same to me. <laughs> All that stuff's the same. I mean, listen, T. Bowes is a good guy. He's a he's a got a great heart. Um, you know, he's he's um, but he's not a football player. You know, he's not a football player. He's a great guy that can can give you some spark, but uh, he's not a football player. He's not. Um, maybe he'll do better in baseball. And um, I wish him all the luck in the world. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm Daniel McCartan. This is Giants legend Lawrence Teller. Peace we're, out. <laughs> we're coming to you from All-Star Collectibles in Pompton Plains, New Jersey. So that was my interview with a uh, Hall of Famer Lawrence Taylor, which I thought was uh, quite cool. As you can see, he was quite um, <laughs> he was quite animated, especially when talking about Bill Parcells. I mean, come on, uh, you know. Sometimes, I, I, I mean, I was just trying not to, to to really crack up. I mean, I laughed, of course, I laughed. Everybody in the store was on the floor laughing. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, Bill Parcells, he's uh. He's, uh, I'm not going to say it because I can't say it on air, but according to LT, that's what he is. And um, also, he uh, had some good words to say about um, Tim Tebow, I guess. So Tim Tebow is actually killing it down at, at the Mets facility in Florida right now in the uh, Instructional League. So my question now to everybody watching, listening, uh, and, and on Twitter, I've already posed the question. I have Art Stapleton following me. He is the Giants. He covers the Giants for the, the record, which is the big paper around here. So I am trying to just get this. So Art Stapleton is, is listening. So is Joe Skiba. And if you guys uh, want to watch me too, everybody, you can follow me on Periscope at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. So I posed the question on Twitter. Does Mark Bavaro deserve to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Hashtag Giants Pride. Listen live and call in. Obviously the phone is not ringing. It never rings. But my Twitter notifications are going sort of crazy. Greg, uh, at Red Sea Dweller, four minutes ago said, Mark Bavaro does not have enough uh, longevity. And uh, Anthony Pizzariello, and his, his uh, Twitter name is at Anthony, P-I-Z-Z-A-R-I-E, he says, agreed, he didn't play long enough. Well, guys. I have something to say to you. Um, if you're listening live, Anthony and Greg, I got something for you. Uh, Art Staplin also tweeted and quoted my tweet by saying, "I have a feeling a lot of followers who, I have a feeling I have a lot of followers who believe the answer is yes." So people are split uh, on this Mark Bavaro. So let's let's back up for one second. The, the NFL released the names of the 94 candidates uh, for the Hall of Fame in 2017. Mark Bavaro is one of 94 94 candidates um, there are approximately I want to say 7 or 8 giants that are on that list Bavaro being one of them and I, you know I I was going to take a look at each and every one of those giants uh, Taylor, Lawrence Taylor didn't mention his name in the, in the shoe-ins but I do think that Mark Bavaro is a shoe-in for this because listen I, I, listen, Mark Bavaro had a nine-year career. Okay, nine years in total. Now, that's not as long as the other guys in the Hall of Fame. This time around in 2017, Mark Bavaro is one of the—he is the only tight end being nominated for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in this class, this Hall of Fame class. Now, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't really mean much, but in, in the course of the history of the Hall of Fame, there are only eight other tight ends in the Hall of Fame, okay, Bavaro was hoping to be the ninth. Now, let's look at this. Bavaro. By first looking at him, you're right. These guys are right. Anthony and Greg, you guys are right. At first glance, looking at Mark Bavaro, he is not a Hall of Fame player based on his stats, his, his total career stats. 
Okay, so in 1991, Bavaro's career ended prematurely, and I have a quote from the New York Times from 1991, and it says, In a move untypical for the, for the Giants, who have traditionally been generous with injured players, the Super Bowl champions today waived Mark Bavaro, their one-time All-Pro tight end. And the coach that left that, that succeeded Bill Parcells, Ray Hanley, said, The doctor advised him against playing football ever again. Now we look at Phil Simms. Okay, who is also on the ballot for the, the 2017 Hall of Fame class, quarterback Phil Simms. Uh, he also said in 1991 that after the eight, 1986 Super Bowl, I said the greatest tight end who ever played is a player for the Giants right now. I never saw Mike Ditka play, but a lot of people think that if Mark continued to play at that pace, everyone would be compared to him. Now, I'll be honest. I started already comparing him to Mike Ditka. And then I did some research, and then... Phil Sims, I found this Phil Sims quote, and I was like, "All right, this is this is we're onto something here." So, what I did was I I took some time and I compiled Mark Bavaro's stats for his nine seasons for his career, and I compared that against the eight other Hall of Fame tight ends that are in the Hall of Fame right now. Okay, so in in doing that, I cut all of their careers short to nine years. A lot of them had longer careers. But I cut them short, and the results are kind of remarkable. I mean, if I, I, and I looked at not all the categories because that was like a lot of work, <laughs> but I looked at like the f- top four categories that I thought. Obviously, in a data-driven world, there are way more stats and, and things that you guys can pick out. I'm sure and try to prove me wrong. But I, I just looked at touchdowns scored, yards total yards, yards per reception. And number of Super Bowls. So Bavaro has two Super Bowls, which is more than mo- except everybody except for one guy on there. Shannon Sharp won uh, three. But Bavaro has two Super Bowls with the Giants. Yards per reception every single time was a first down. He averaged 13.5 yards per reception. That is the third most out of the eight tight ends already in the, the Hall of Fame. Third. Uh, out of eight, well, actually, out of nine. Now we're comparing. So, uh, in terms of yards, yards was a little low, but it wasn't the lowest. Okay, it wasn't the lowest, and he had 39 touchdowns, which is like, let me look if I can do this real quick. One, two, three, fourth, fifth, fifth on the list of touchdowns. Now, if you look at this guy Sanders, who has 25 touchdowns to Bavaro's 39, 4,100 yards to Bavaro's 4,700 yards, 12.8 yards per reception to Bavaro's 13.5 and zero Super Bowls to Bavaro's two. I mean, this is like a no-brainer, isn't it? Wouldn't you think this is a no-brainer? So, unfortunately, by injury, he his career was shut, shut down after nine seasons. But he's doing, he, he did better in nine seasons than a lot of these guys did in their whole entire careers. So, for let's go back to Greg and, and Anthony. He didn't play enough. He didn't play enough. True. But what he did when he played was better than the eight Hall of Fame tight ends right now inducted. Okay? And if that's not enough, okay, you guys know who Bill Belichick is. Bill Belichick is the current coach of the Patriots, obviously. But he used to be an assistant under Bill Parcells when Bavaro played. I mean, he won. Bill Belichick won his first two Super Bowl rings with the New York Giants. A lot of people don't know that. So Bavaro, I mean, Bill Belichick said, and I quote this, I think Mark's in a really special category. His toughness, his overall complete play as a tight end and blocker, just as a total competitor, was just outstanding. I don't think Mark has ever gotten the recognition that any of us that coached him or played with him know that he deserves. Then I took this one step further. I created an unofficial Twitter poll. I wrote for my next article, Giants Pride, hashtag Giants Pride, who makes it to the 2017 NFL Hall of Fame class? Hashtag NFL, hashtag Hall of Fame, at the Giants. 53% of the people said Sims. Yes, yes. Uh, Even Lawrence Taylor agrees with you in that sense. But then the next vote-getter with 27% of the votes was Mark Bavaro. 
So the jury on Twitter seems to be out. Uh, this Michael Kramer at New York Mike 410 just wrote to me 34 seconds ago. He just said he's the greatest tight end ever. We're getting a lot of retweets on here. So uh, thank you for those of you guys who are now joining joining me on, on WRPR. This is 60-minute overtime you're listening to. So uh, we're talking Mark Bavaro. If you guys want to call in and give me a call, it's 201-825-1234. Does Mark Bavaro deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? In 2017, my answer after after compiling uh, you know a lot of research and crunching a lot of numbers, uh, talking to a lot of people, my answer is yes. I do think Mark Bavaro deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I do think he's going to get in this year, especially since he is the only tight end on the ballot. That helps because when you look at the quarterback position, the running back position, it's like nine guys deep. And then you get into comparing within within that bracket. So by Mark Bavaro being the only t- tight end on the ballot, you can look at who's already in the Hall of Fame and compare his numbers against them. Yes, yes, everybody. Yes, his career was only nine seasons long. Yes, his total career numbers don't stack up against the guys that are already in there. However, like I did on my website, prosportsrundown.com, I cut those guys' careers short. The fir- I just took the first nine seasons of their careers, compared touchdowns, yards, yards per reception, and s- number of Super Bowls won. Mark Bavaro fits right in with flying colors. And that's my opinion. Mark Bavaro will get in to the Hall of Fame in 2017. Switching over for a live update from the Jaguars and Colts game. The Jaguars are starting to run away with this game. Scores 23 to 6. That means the Colts have n- yet to put up points in, if, in, in terms of touchdowns. So the score of the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts is 23 to 6, and that is live right now from London. So I guess we can we can move on to the Giants preview. Um, we were talking Bavaro, we're talking LT. If you guys missed it, go on to my YouTube page. My YouTube page is you just go onto YouTube and you type in in the search box Coach Space. M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. And there, you will find all of my interviews with video. And uh, I just played for you guys the 10-minute interview I had. Well, 8 minutes and 45-second interview I had with Lawrence Taylor. So, Giants preview. Uh, The Giants are playing on Monday Night Football. Okay, this is Football Sunday, NFL Sunday. I know it's almost game time, the 1 o'clock games. But, the Giants are playing on Monday Night Football in... Minnesota versus the Vikings. So I, I broke down three things to watch on the Giants side and three things to watch in terms of the Vikings. So here we go. I was at the Giants game last week. Uh, we were sitting very close. We actually had, thanks to Joe Skiba, on-field passes prior to the game. I, I spoke with Erin Andrews, which was amazing. She is like the gold standard. Her and Kim Jones are, are the gold standard in, uh, in football reporting for women. So I was able to talk with her. But anyway, so Giants preview for today, uh, for for tomorrow night, really. Three things to watch. Number one, will the Giants, this is an observation I had from watching the game last week, will the Giants be able to stop the screenplay? The Redskins were rolling the Giants over in terms of the short yardage, in terms of screenplays. Giants had good coverage downfield, and all of a sudden Kirk Cousins dumped the ball off to the running back. And a, a lot of the time, I don't have the stat in front of me, but most of the time, it went for a long yardage, 8, 9, 10, first down yardage. So, will the Giants be able to tighten that up? Will the linebackers be able to adjust in time, in, in coverage? Will the, will the defensive line get enough push on, you know, on the offensive line to, to hurry up the quarterback and make him make a decision faster? Because obviously that, that's not his, the, the, the option pass is not his, the screen pass is not his first read. He looks downfield first and then goes to his second read, which is that. And the Giants just um, couldn't handle it. That was very frustrating to, to see sitting in the stands uh, because that that was not – it was not good. It wasn't good. And the Giants just spent all this money on a defensive line that uh, may or may not – be up to the task. So we'll see about that. Now, number two, 
we have to uh, watch Odell Beckham's emotions. I know that's been a, a story. Uh, obviously, Odell Beckham, Josh Norman figured him out. Everybody figured out the Odell Beckham puzzle. Just get at him through the media. And Justin Tuck, former Giant, said to get at Odell Beckham, to get him off his game, you have to attack him through the media. It's no secret. And Odell said he wouldn't change the way he plays. So he's going against um, a cornerback. I think his name is Captain Munnerlin uh, from the Vikings. And uh, no one's really heard of this guy, but that doesn't mean he's not that good. So we're going to see how he plays. I, I think last week uh, between Norman and Beckham, I think Beckham definitely won that battle on the field for sure. So I'm not sure how this Munnerlin guy is going to stack up against Odell Beckham. So that's something to watch. Number three, the Giants have been plagued by the injury bug, much like the Mets. How is that going to affect them? Eli Apple, their uh, star cornerback, first-round draft pick Eli Apple from Ohio State, is uh, listed as doubtful. Dominique Rogers-Cromartie, the other cornerback, the other side of the secondary, is marked as questionable, so that means he's 50-50 if he's going to play or not. And even so, if he does play, will he be up to snuff? Uh, Shane Vereen is out for the season. Running back Shane Vereen, gone for the whole season. Triceps injury. And the other running back, Rashad Jennings, is questionable. Again, 50-50 that he plays. I think he will play. But, you know, Giants, you know, you guys have to start looking at how is this going to affect the game. Now, Orleans Darqua, running back filled in last week. He had 10 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. But you have to look at... How is this going to affect the Giants' offense? Now, Eli Manning did not have a good game last week. He threw, I believe, I'm, I'm just trying to remember because I was there. He believe, I, he threw one interception in the red zone, I think. And he finalized the game with a nice interception. Uh, you know, driving downfield, he finalized the game with a nice interception um, over the middle of the field. Uh, you know, the, they're going to force the Giants to throw the ball, which is hit or miss, it seems like. Now, the Vikings have one of the best, if not the best, defenses in the league right now. So I expect Eli Manning to turn the ball over quite often, especially since he can't have uh, you know, a reliable running back in the backfield behind him. So the Vikings, three things to watch. Uh, number one, it is at their stadium. How does their stadium noise level throw off the Giants' game plan? It's said to be one of the loudest stadiums in the league. It's a dome stadium, in addition to Cowboy Stadium. Um, Eli Manning, they went uh, a lot of times with the no-huddle offense. They used it 44 times last week versus the Redskins, which I thought was quite strange, but, um, you know, that's the game plan. It's the game plan. Now, if they were to do that, push that again this week, how is how effective is Eli Manning going to be in play calling, especially at the line, in a very loud stadium. So will that keep the Vikings' defense on their toes? We don't know if the Giants are going to go with that again this week. I hope they don't. In my opinion, I hope they don't go with that. For the simple fact of the, of the noise volume, they're not home. That can get them in a little bit of trouble. Miscommunications, this and that, especially with guys playing positions that they're not normally used to playing. Now, that, t that was points one and three. So, number two, uh, Vikings things to watch. Their defense has been carrying them this whole season. They are number three in scoring defense. Sam Bradford has only 457 yards and three touchdowns in two games with the Vikings. So, the offense is not their strength. The defense is their strength. Obviously, as we've been on here and we talked, their quarterback, the Vikings quarterback, went down with that leg injury that he is out for the season. Remember, we were saying how... It was disgusting, and the players were, like, throwing up on the field. So they brought in Sam Bradford, 457 yards and three touchdowns. That's not that good. If you're a fantasy football player, you don't want Sam Bradford on your team. So the, I, in my opinion, my, my pick of this game, I think the Vikings' defense is going to be too much for the Giants' offense to handle. My pick is the Minnesota Vikings to win that game. Jonathan Hankins from the New York Giants. You listen to 60 Minutes Overtime on 90.3 FM. 
Now, going over into uh, Jets news, Jets preview for today. The Jets pl- are expecting a whiteout at MetLife Stadium today. They have asked all fans to wear white for a whiteout. Now, three things to watch for the Jets. Eric Decker is listed as out. He has a partially torn rotator cuff, which is is big news for for the Jets because, um, you know, he, he him and Brandon Marshall broke touchdown records and receiving records last year for the Jets. So without Eric Decker, how are they going to be? How is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to be without one of his favorite targets out there? Now, I am not satisfied with the amount of times he's been Eric Decker has been targeted this year. I think the Jets are falling into their old ways where they go and target the running back as a wide receiver, which is not the way to go. Uh, but his presence is definitely going to be missed, Eric Decker, for sure. Now, last week, um, I was stuck in traffic leaving the Giant game, but sort of glad that I missed most of the Jets game because uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw six interceptions last week. Can Will he and can he do that again? Who knows? <laughs> because that's uh, six interceptions is obviously abysmal, awful, gross, disgusting. Uh, will they do that again? Will he do it again? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think he's going to be doing that again. I think the Jets are going to stick to a uh, more of a pound, pounding running game, game plan this week uh, as they take on the Seahawks. And number three thing to watch for the Jets is: Did Brandon Marshall's injury affect him last week? He had three inter- three receptions for t- only twenty seven yards. That's like nine a carry, nine each, average. Uh, but Todd Bowles, Coach Bowles, said he practiced every day this week, and he's looking better and ready to go. So, obviously, you guys remember Brandon Marshall was hurt. He hurt his knee. And uh, to every Jet fan out there and everybody watching that game, it didn't look too good. It didn't look too promising. Uh, it, it, to me, looked really bad, like season-ending bad. But he did come back. But for three catches for only 27 yards, uh, how effective and how good will he be? So Fitzpatrick coming off a six-interception game doesn't have Eric Decker, has a banged-up Brandon Marshall. I mean, uh, offensively for the Jets, they're going to struggle this week for sure. Now they're playing against the Seahawks. So they have, and we can call him elite, Jimmy Graham, elite tight end Jimmy Graham. Who's going to cover him? Because last week he had six catches for 100 yards. And the Jets against the, the Chiefs gave up to their tight end, Travis Kelsey, who's not as good as Jimmy Graham, they gave him six catches for 89 yards. So if I'm the Seahawks, my game plan is to involve tight end Jimmy Graham as much as possible. Because the Jets didn't have an answer for the Travis Kelsey last week. So expect a very big game from Jimmy Graham, for sure. Now, uh, what to watch for the, the Seahawks, too? Uh, Russell Wilson, you guys know Russell Wilson. He will not stay in the pocket. He's a mobile quarterback. If he doesn't like what he sees, he will run the ball. But it's worth mentioning his MCL sprain. Uh, He's going to wear a custom new knee brace this week. And how will that affect his performance? He was hurt uh, last week versus the 49ers, but he only missed one snap. So we're getting some mixed, um, mixed reactions from Russell Wilson. How will he play? We don't know exactly, uh, but I think he's going to be just fine. I mean, the guy's a competitor. He wants to win. He wants to play. New brace will be around his knee. I think he's fine. I think uh, that's a non-factor. The MCL should be a non-factor for Russell Wilson. And uh, last week, the Seahawks, number three, signed C.J. Spiller after he was released by the Saints. And look to see, let's see how he fits in with, with their offense today after you know having only practice for one week in a brand-new system with a brand-new team and brand-new teammates. So uh, with that all being said, my pick uh, for this for this week, the Jets or Seahawks. I'm sorry, but my pick is going to be the Seahawks. I think the Jets are overmatched both offensively and they will be mat- oh, overmatched defensively this week. And that's uh, my Jets news. Muhammad Wilkerson, you're listening to 60 Minute Overtime on 90.3 FM. So MLB roundup now real quickly with the MLB. The Mets, I'm wearing my Mets hat and a Mets David Wright t-shirt. For those of you guys watching and those of you guys that are not watching, 
Mets have made the playoffs. Uh, they play a, a wild card game this Wednesday night at City Field, but um, they are. We don't know who they're playing just yet. If you're if you're interested in going to the Mets game on Wednesday night, it's the ML uh, the NL wild card game tickets. They are starting starting at one hundred and twenty four dollars, which is a lot for Mets games. Mets games are usually you know cheaper than Yankee games, and this is one hundred twenty four dollars for a standing room only ticket. So if you wanted a seat at City Field. If you actually wanted a seat, you can have to pay uh, only 140. Those tickets are going to be gone within very soon. So about 140, 145, you'll get a seat at City Field to watch the Mets take on. Here's how this breaks down. Now, if the San Francisco Giants win, or or if the Cardinals lose, St. Louis Cardinals lose, the Mets will host the Giants at City Field. Next scenario. If the San Francisco Giants lose and the St. Louis Cardinals win, those two teams will face off in a tiebreaker wildcard game on Monday to decide who wins the second wildcard spot. Then the Mets will take on that winner on Wednesday at City Field. I know that's a lot to digest, but so either the Mets are going to be playing the Giants or the Cardinals in a play in, in a, in a wildcard game. Wednesday night, City Field. Tickets, if you're interested, $140. Uh, the Mets yesterday clinched on the turf of the Phillies, NL East opponent Phillies, which was interesting to see because the Red Sox did it at Yankee Stadium, which is a, you know, a division rivalry also. Now, the Mets, uh, you know, Mets fans were taking over. I tweeted yesterday, the Mets fans have taken over Citizens Bank Park. Especially if after James Loney hit that home run, go ahead home run, two run shot. Mets fans are very very excited about this year, despite the injuries. The Mets have we talk about the Giants having injuries. The, you know the New York Giants have in their injuries. The New York Mets have been battling a lot. I mean, first was David Wright, who I'm wearing his T-shirt right now. David Wright went down for the season. Steven Matz is out. Degrom was out. Uh, I mean, th- there was like nine guys, starters, that the Mets lost due to injury. Cespedes was out for a while. And to, to see where they are right now, the Mets are, are really gelling. The team is, they're, they're hitting their stride at the right point. Uh, the Mets are going to be a team to uh, definitely reckon with. No doubt. Um, and, and like I said, and you guys know, I have money riding on the Mets to win the World Series. <laughs> So I think right now the front runners they were saying on the, the analyst shows were the Indians and the Red Sox, but they said don't count the Mets out. Good. I mean the only pitcher, and I'm not going to jinx him now. I don't know if I want to say this, but the only pitcher that the Mets have had consistent throughout has been Noah Syndergaard, and he's been excellent for the Mets. Oh, and and Bartolo Colon. Can't forget about Bartolo, Big Bart. So the Mets are starting or should be starting Noah Syndergaard against either the Giants or, or the, the Cardinals, but Mets fans, even against Madison Bumgarner, who is the, the Giants pitcher, Mets fans feel comfortable about the matchups that they have, as they should. And we were hoping today for a call-in from outfielder Brandon Nemo. doesn't look like that's going to happen. We're, we're going to try to get him on next week uh, from the Mets. This is Noah Syndergaard, pitcher for the New York Mets. You're listening to 60-Minute Overtime on WRPR. And there's no good news coming from the Yankees. Uh, last I checked, they were nine games back in the wild card race. Uh, the Yankees don't have a shot this year. So pack it in. Yankee fans, you know, better luck next year. You had some positives. Gary Sanchez is, is the hottest player in the MLB right now. The the Baby Bombers came up. Finally, Joe, Torre brought them, uh, Joe, Joe, Joe Girardi brought them up. Aaron Judge, Tyler Austin. Now we have Gary Sanchez, so we do have um, we we do have weapons, Yankee fans. Don't worry, we have some weapons. We just need to figure out our pitching. Does CC Sabathia stay? We've we've said goodbye to Alex Rodriguez this season. The next Yankee to retire, and he said it was was Mark Teixeira. He'll be retiring at the end of the season. Also also due to injury, he hasn't been a hundred percent. You know, will you miss him? You'll miss him because you'll miss the memories that they've given you. But they're older. They haven't really been producing much. So that 
in that sense, you really won't miss them because they, they you know, next man up. Who is the next man up? Probably going to be Greg Bird, who is right now taking instruction, ironically, from Alex Rodriguez in the Yankees Instructional League in Florida. So uh, the upper management was satisfied with the way manager Joe Girardi has managed his team and the talent that he had throughout. So expect him to be back next year. I mean, the season's not over, but it, but it pretty much is over. Hi, this is Charlie Hayes, third baseman for the 1996 World Series champs. And you're listening to 60 Minutes Overtime on WRPR. And that, of course, was uh, from my interview with Charlie Hayes that you guys can check out on YouTube, on SoundCloud, and on iTunes. Search for Coach Space McCartan, M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Uh, and just some, some old news, some old business uh, from September 25th. I haven't been on the air, so I just want to talk about this quickly. Uh, uh, Marlins pitcher Jose Fernandez, as you know, passed away accidentally in a, in a boating crash in Miami. They found after the crash, he had uh, his bag, they found his bag, his checkbook, washed ashore with, um, with n- uh, four, I believe, four signed baseballs in his bag. Um, you know, it's a shame. It was, it's, you guys, 24 years old. He was about to sign a monster contract. Even, I mean, the Yankees were looking at him to sign him in the, in the offseason. Uh, you know, and, and just the stories coming out about Jose Fernandez, how I, I think the most striking to me was uh, pregame, one of the pregames, there was a kid, obviously, he had, uh, I'm going to say it was autism. He was sitting in, during batting practice in one of the first rows. And he had asked, or his parents had asked for Jose Fernandez's autograph. And they had like an autograph book and everything. And uh, Jose Fernandez, you know, being the star pitcher that he is, I mean, he is such a great talent. He was such a great talent. He walked over to the the family and and he kneeled down next to the kid and and he asked the kid for his autograph. And then, you know, he even asked the parents, am I allowed to rip this page out for, for myself to sign? And of course, parents said yes. But, you know, that just shows the kind of character that he has. And, and and you, I'm sure, are familiar with the story that he came from Cuba. I mean, he was jailed. He tried, I think, four times to come to America, and he was jailed one of those times. One of the people in the middle of the night, it was dark, one of the people who he was on the boat with fell overboard. He immediately jumped in and tried to save them. And it turns out that the person was his mother, and he didn't know. He didn't know who it was. So, I mean, Jose Fernandez, just a great talent. Um, and, and you guys know that I went to Miami this summer, and I ended up, it just worked out that the Mets were playing the Marlins. So we had gone to that game, and we had really great seats. You know, I look back, as soon as I heard the news that, that Jose Fernandez passed away, I looked back to see who pitched that game, because I had a feeling it was him. And I looked through my, my photos, and I, and I tweeted one of them out uh, on the 25th. Uh, it, it was Jose Fernandez that pitched that game. And looking back, he pitched a gem. You know, they did beat the Mets in that game. And it, it was, I think his final score was 7-2 to two or something. So, uh, Jose Fernandez, uh, rest in peace, Jose Fernandez. He's a, he's a great talent. He was a great talent. And uh, I think his character trumps his talent, for sure. Uh, and also on the same day, Arnold Palmer, golf legend, has his own iced tea company brand. Uh, he passed away on the same day, so September twenty fifth was uh, was not good for for the sports world. But uh, I mean, all uh, you know, more shocking was Jose Fernandez because of his young age. And uh, just finally, to to switch gears, uh, I know that was kind of morbid. I, I was asked to be on Fox Sports Las Vegas, and uh, shout out to those guys doing uh, great work out there. I was on Fox Sports. 13:40 a.m. Vegas, and and they I, I had a pre-recorded because of the time difference I, I would have had to wake up at 2 a.m. <laughs> to to talk with those guys. But so I pre-recorded, and I just talked about the impact of of 9/11 on the jet because the jet game the Jets played home versus the Bengals season opener was home on September 11th. So uh, this is me talking on Fox Sports 13:40 a.m. Las Vegas. Fox Sports 1340. It's time for Heatwave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heatwave Sports, Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. 
good Sunday night, Las Vegas. As Nick said, welcome to the big show, the Super Sunday Night Edition of Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, thirteen forty at the Lotus Broadcast Studios. Tim Unglesby, Triple N, and Mr. Ivy League himself, Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. So, Tom, line us up with this. We're going to start with our uh, tour around the NFL Week One. We'll start with the Jets at home against the Bengals. This was a winner over at TomBartonSports.com. Take the points with the Jets at home. They get the win for us. But more importantly, a uh, very ceremonial day with 9-11. And uh, we have a special guest that you lined up for us that covers the Jets and Giants, I believe. Yeah, you, you know, it was. it's a day where we're all talking about football. You know, we all we all are excited about it. It's, it's day one. But um, a lot of people... Are, you know, put it on the back burner, which they should have. With, with all the controversy that's going on in America today, um, you know, we have to remember 15 years ago what happened at 9-11. Um, you know, I used to work for a, a, a television station. And I, I was the head writer. and I remember I did the five-year anniversary, and they called down, and they said, you know, don't show a picture of the towers falling because we don't want to upset people. And I showed a picture of the towers falling because I think people need to remember that, you know, I, I think they need to remember what happened, not to get angry, but to remember it. You know, you don't want this going by the wayside. I read something, um, you, you know, today about it, we forgot so easily. You, you know, we really did. And, and, you know, being from New York, there is a special part of me, but I think it's it's an American thing. That unity that it brought us. It's sad, but the tragedy brought us as an American, all this, the doesn't matter what you look like, how tall, how big you are. It, we were Americans. And so, yeah, you're right. We should see those things to remind us of how the tragedies can brought us together instead of being separated as we are now. It, it is. It, it's amazing that only 15 years ago, um, you know, people lost their lives like that. And, and, and not only the people in the buildings that died, but there's a certain something that I don't know. Okay, I've never been a fireman or a police officer. Okay, I don't know that, but from my fireman friends and and you know I have a lot, a lot of firemen friends. I lived in a town where it's all firemen. To know that you're going to run into a building and not come out, and, and, and not even a chance. I mean, they they kind of knew, and you still do it. Forget about sports heroes. I mean, that's real heroes. But but we are a sports show, and we wanted to to take a minute. So. Um, I got a friend of the show who who's, uh, works in New York. You know, she's been on the Boomer and Carton show and, and things like that. Um, Danielle McCartan, she writes for the Jets Press, writes for the uh, Bronx Pinstripes that are over at the Yes Network. And I asked her to just give me the feeling of the stadium in New York because I'm not there, I'm here. So I wanted to get a feeling of the stadium and uh, let's go to her. Good evening, Las Vegas. I'm Danielle McCartan checking in with you from the East Coast, New Jersey to be specific. And I'm here to talk to you about the New York Jets versus Cincinnati Bengals game today on September 11, 2016. Today marks the 15th anniversary of the heinous terrorist attacks in Washington, D.C., New York, and Pennsylvania. It also marks the beginning of the 2016 NFL season, where the New York Jets squared off against the Cincinnati Bengals today at 1 p.m. at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. As you know, there are thousands of families affected by the tragedies of 9-11 in this area. So, the pregame warm-ups, the players of the Jets and the Bengals wore Memorial 9-11 t-shirts. Also, Jets and Bengals personnel on the sidelines ditched their traditional caps and instead donned their choice of a New York Fire Department, New York Police Department, or Port Authority Police Department cap. Those commemorative caps and t-shirts were for sale throughout the stadium today with all proceeds going to the National September 11th Memorial and Museum. All fans in attendance were given mini American flags to raise during the national anthem. There was an emotional performance of the Star Spangled Banner by Grammy and Tony winner Heather Headley, which left some players and some fans wiping their eyes, overcome with emotion. She was the singer of God Bless America at the Jets' first home game in 2001 after the attack. It is important to note that all players stood at attention while she sang. Remember, we are all on the same team first, citizens of the United States of America. MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, is in the shadow of Ground Zero in Lower Manhattan. The game obviously featured an emotional pregame ceremony where a flag was stretched out across the entire length of the field 
by family members of the innocent victims. In addition, Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor of New York, and a symbol of strength during the aftermath of the attacks on the World Trade Center, especially to us living directly in this area, was honored at midfield as an honorary Jets captain for today. He was flanked by members of the 2001 Jets team, including wide receiver Lavernius Coles and quarterback Vinny Testaverde. Most striking to me was Marvin Lewis, the Bengals head coach, said, What an honor for my team to be chosen to play here on this day. Upon arriving in New York, the Cincinnati Bengals also visited Ground Zero, where they laid flowers on the reflecting pools. Andy Dalton, quarterback, said, that team members didn't understand why they had to go there. But then they understood once they got there. Dalton said the team is playing for each other and all of the men and women who were lost on that day. Even through the TV, the chants of USA, USA, among both Jets and Bengals fans left you with goosebumps. You see, sometimes sports is more than just a game. This was a raw, emotional game from the beginning to the end. The initial kickoff even sailed out of bounds deep. Because of the level of the noise from the crowd, the Bengals, on the initial drive, had a false start, followed by a timeout. The crowd was loud, with intermittent chants of USA throughout the game. Phil Simms and the other broadcasters kept commenting on the crowd noise throughout the game. At this point in today's game, I couldn't help but think back to the first Jets home game since the attacks in September 11, 2001. I was in 8th grade, and my favorite player, Wayne Corbett, was carrying that American flag out of the tunnel. It was waving behind him, and the crowd just welled up with emotion. Although the Jets, due to some special teams' woes, could not pull out a victory today, they did the 9-11 first responders and families well. Today, everyone's in New Yorker. Tonight, Fox Sports Las Vegas, I'll leave you with the immortal words of former President George W. Bush, who spoke from the Oval Office the evening of September 11th, 2001. America and our friends and allies join with all those who want peace and security in the world, and we stand together to win the war against terrorism. None of us will ever forget this day, yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world. Thank you, good night, and God bless America. I'm Daniel McCartan, founder of ProSportsRundown.com. You can find my work on Twitter at CoachMCCARTAN. Thank you, Danielle. And, and you know, it, it's important to, to get that kind of perspective. And it was kind of cool. You, you know, it, it's kind of cool that I know it's New York and everything, but, but that she mentioned, you know, the crowd noise was, was something and it was early on. And I was on the Jets today. I had them plus the three. I bought the half a point. Um, the, you know, and you felt that early on. And, and you know, it, it's a. Uh, it's a, it's a terrible thing that we have to be talking about this on a sports show, but we do. I mean, everybody was watching. Who was going to be sitting on the bench, right? Who was going to not stand for the national anthem? That that was the big thing. And I'll tell you, I just told Nick, we were both at the Westgate today, and I tweeted out a picture. Not one person sitting down in, in that sports book that holds, you know, uh, what, probably you know, 1,000 people, 500 people. I mean, not one single person in that theater. Everyone's up. Everyone's hat is off. Um and I think it was the day to put it aside. You know, it, it's very easy, especially in that environment. It's easy for fans to sit there and, and say, I can't believe you're standing up. Meanwhile, they're going to get a beer during, you know, the national anthem sure. or the texting or whatever. There wasn't anybody getting a beer. No one was getting a hot dog. You know, no, nobody was doing anything but, but standing up and, and paying tribute, um, which might have been – I'm chuckling because it might have been the reaction – to Kaepernick and what is going on where people are now standing. If this was game one, maybe somebody does go get a beer. But now that it's brought to their attention how much that, that, that they should stand, it was. And we could get into the people that didn't, but but I think it was a good thing. I mean, where I was, it, it, it felt good. It felt good that we all stood up and, and everybody took the, the you know minute and a half or two minutes to listen to the national anthem. So uh, you guys have just been, been listening to my interview with uh, Fox Sports, 13.40 a.m. in Las Vegas. Uh, that hosts um, Tom Barton was uh, more instrumental. Uh, he was the one I connected with on, on Twitter, but uh, shout-out to Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton over there in Vegas. Uh, I hope to see you guys get an Oakland Raiders team. That would be quite fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you guys, you can listen to them on, on you know, back episodes. You can go to uh, TomBartonSports.com.
And uh, he has all his back episodes on there. Uh, you can follow Fox Sports 1340 AM at Fox 1340 on Twitter. And you can see all their stuff there. Great stuff they're doing out there in, uh, in Las Vegas for sure. Um, and, and that's going to wrap things up. Uh, final check-in. The Colts are making a comeback. This is an exciting game. There are five minutes left in the game. Uh, the Colts have the ball. They're driving. Uh, it's this final. The score is 29. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The Jaguars have the ball. The score is 29-20. to 20. Jaguars are beating the Colts over there in London. And they just kicked the extra point. So the score is now 30-20 to 20 with five minutes to go. It's a two-possession game. Jaguars are over the Colts by 10 points. I'm sort of happy that I did not pick the Colts in my, in my it's called a suicide pool this week. Kind of happy about that because I would not be happy right now because I would have picked the Colts. Uh, so that that's going to do it this week for 60-minute overtime. I'm Danielle McCartan. Uh, we've talked a lot th- today. Uh, please, let's keep the dialogue going. You can at me on Twitter at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, uh, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Um, where else? Uh, Periscope at Coach M C C A R T A N. We didn't have a, a very lively Periscope group this week as we as we've had in the past. So um, jump on there next week, guys. The phone lines two zero one eight two five one two three four. You can always get at me there. Where else? Let me think. Uh, iTunes. I have an official iTunes podcast. Anything I upload, which uh, I'm uploading, should be doing two things this week. You can go over and uh, check that out. If you go into uh, the App Store or iTunes Store, sorry, iTunes Store. I finally figured this out. The iTunes Store, you go into search, and you type in Coach Space M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, and click Enter. Uh, all of my work should come up. I was just checking out the other night. My The interview people most are clicking on, it seems to be my Joe Namath interview. So that's kind of cool. Um, also, uh, remember, uh, we have a coupon code for $100 off. Uh, this incredible, incredible Italian-American Mike Piazza event in Brooklyn. If you go on uh, mintpros.com, type in the promo code Piazza, P-I-A-Z-Z-A, as in Mike, you're going to get off. Uh, I'm going to save you 100 bucks today. So go ahead. Go on there. Buy your ticket. Autographs, photos, everything, everything, everything is welcomed. And you're going to meet some some great people, some great players, Team Italy players, Squadra Italia for the World Baseball Classic, even their coach, and yours truly, me. I'll be there as well. Um, we talk some Mets, Jets, Yankees, Giants. Uh, it's 1227. I'm going to close this up. I'm going to get in the car, and I'm going to go home and, and check out some of the 1 o'clock games today. So uh, happy football Sunday. Go Jets and go Giants. Follow me on Twitter, at Coach McCartan. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. To find my work on YouTube and SoundCloud, search, with no spaces, Coach McCartan. Subscribe yourself so you don't have trouble finding it in the future. That's it for today, everybody. Listen live next Sunday, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m.